You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. said, get a life? Have you ever, you ever heard that? Have you ever wondered, boy, I wish I could get a life? Think about that now. Open your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Usually people come up and tell us that because we're not doing real good in our life. Or maybe we, we think we're losers. You ever seen this? Loser. Let me tell you something. All Christians have lost their old life. But they got a new one. All of us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Before I read it, let's pray. Father, I just ask you would help us Speak your word and help us listen to your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. And if you all notice, we have baptisms today. You know, when we go down into the water, we're saying we have died with Christ. We lost our old life. And when we come out of the water, we are raised to a new life. It says, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, Oh, repeat that again. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Wow. New life. It's a possibility. But it's a choice. And the first point I want to talk about is choose. Life is a choice we make. It's not something that's imposed upon us. It's a choice we make. If we hear the scriptures, the scripture talks to us. And even in the Old Testament, it it would say, God would come to his people and he would ask, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that your descendants might live. Oh, that you might choose life. When Jesus came on this world, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Life. It is a choice each one of us has to make. A choice. Life. You know, There was a time in my life, back many years, 
I remember it very clearly. I was raised by Christian parents. I was very church going because I had to. I went to church five times a week. Some of you guys are saying, ooh, that's way too much. I went to church five times a week. I heard all about God. My parents were missionaries in Mexico and they talked about God. But let me tell you something, just because they knew about God and just because they had heard about God didn't mean I had made my choice. There was a time in my life and I remember it very clearly that I had to make a decision, a choice, life. I was sitting in the middle of an old abandoned field and in the center of this old abandoned field were some rocks. On these rocks, a bunch of my friends and I, there was a gang in Mexico City, used to congregate. That was our hideout. Bola de Montoneros Asociados. The dog pile gang. That's what we were called. Crazy people. And I remember in my life that in the two or three weeks before this happened, I remember very clearly that God called my attention two or three times. I was going to Cuernavaca, Morelos, which is south of Mexico City, about an hour and a half, with a bunch of my friends. And they were screaming along the highway. And on one curve, the car didn't make it. And it went off the highway and was on a precipice looking down. The front wheels were off the road completely. And we were looking at a precipice down there. And I remember God coming to me and talking to me and said, is this what you want? It startled me. But I remember we pulled the Volkswagen back onto the road and kept going. And the next week, one of my friends blew his top off with a revolver. Another of my friends died by an overdose. And through it all, I could hear the voice of God talking to me and asking me, is this what you want? And I remember sitting there in this clearing one day and I was all by myself and I was smoking. And as I was smoking the cigarette, I heard God ask me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What's your choice? And he, I remember him touching my heart with his voice. I remember him loving on me in spite of where I was and asking me, what are you going to do? And I took my cigarette pack and moved the rock, put it underneath and flattened it out and I told God, God, I'm yours. Whatever you want to do with me, I'm yours. There was a time in my life that I had to choose life. And it's very interesting here in Colossians. It talks about three aspects of choosing life. The number one is we set our sights on the realities 
of heaven. Have you ever thought about what's in heaven? Have you ever really thought about it? Sometimes we all think about the mansions. Oh, there's going to be streets of gold. I don't know why everybody's so busy accumulating gold. In heaven, the street sweepers sweep it. If there's dust up there, think about it. We just want to get all this stuff. But in heaven, you don't need gold. What is the reality of heaven? Let me tell you what the reality of heaven is. The reality of heaven is you have a father in heaven who loves you. You have Jesus Christ, his son, who gave himself for you. That's the reality of heaven. And one of the best ways to put your mind and your heart on heaven that I have found is to worship. You know the song we were singing just a little bit ago? Caught up in your presence. I'm not going to ask you anything. I just want you. And if we set our sights on heaven, there are two things or two people that maintain our gaze up there. The Father and the Son. The Father and the Son. And once we've seen them, even all the rest of heaven grows dim. Because we've seen the Father and we've seen the Son. New life comes from them. New life comes from God. It's a choice that you and I have to make. Choose life. The second thing that is a characteristic of new life is a new way of thinking. Think about. What are you going to think about? There's a lot of things we think about. Sometimes we think about so many things we can't sleep at night. We're thinking. We're thinking. And into the wee hours of the morning, we're still thinking. There's a way to change your thought process. I tell you what, it's the Word of God. This word, this Bible, changes the way we think about things. Things that used to be really important to us. Things that used to be really dear to us. All of a sudden we look at it and we go, eh. My grandmother was a shell collector. I mean seashells. She had mountains of them in her house. Just mountains everywhere, little big ones, round ones, square ones. Oh, she had starfishes. She had all these seashells. The day she died, she packed them up and took them to heaven. What's what's the matter? Y'all don't believe that? No, they stayed right there. All her life, she collected seashells. When she left, they all stayed behind. What's got your thoughts? Some of the guys say, oh, you should see the hot ride I've got put away in my, in my garage. What is it? Oh, and he tells you what it is. It's a Camaro. It's a 1969 Camaro with a 427 engine. It's got four on the floor. 
Oh, it's beautiful. I painted, I painted it blue. And you think about it. Can't even sleep at night because I've got to get this for it and that for it. And what's it worth? When you start thinking of the realities of heaven, it's a scrap heap in your garage. Sorry. The reality of heaven, eternity has got to be in our hearts. New life is concerned about heaven. New life is concerned about eternal things. And eternal things are very few. There's a few of them in this room. If you look at the person next to you, he's eternal or she's eternal. And we begin to change our way of thinking. My, night, my life was not meant to collect junk. It was meant to love Jesus. It was meant to get into the Word and read it. Oh, look what God says here. Oh, 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 here's another one. And we get into the Word and we start reading it and we understand God's love for us. It's a special love. It's a sweet love. The third thing we see in this, this chapter that we're looking at is Christ becomes our life. Whoa. Christ becomes our life. After all, we wanted to get rid of our old dirty one, didn't we? Think about what we had in our old one. Look what Colossians says. Point number two. When you choose life, there's things you got to lose. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 through 9. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Loser. That's what we were. We were losers. Running around in sin and anger and hate. Gossip. Ooh, all that ugly stuff that we thought was so neat. That's what we used to be. But we've got to change our hearts. And we can't do it. We can't change our hearts. Last time I picked this up, the security people started looking at me kind of funny. <laughs> this is how we're born. Pointing down. 
That's how we're born. You know when Adam made a choice? When Eve made a choice? They chose to go against God. If we read Genesis 1 and 2, we find out that everything God made was good. There were no stickers. No. There were no thorns. When he looked out at his creation, he saw it all and he said, oh, they're good. There were no animals that wanted to bite your leg off. It was good. Everything was good. But then came the Slytherin one, the enemy of your soul, the devil. And he came and he started talking to Adam and Eve and he said, now God hasn't told you the whole truth. He's only given you the good. But if you eat of that fruit he told you not to eat, oh, your eyes are going to be open and you will know good and evil. Uh, question mark, why do we want to know evil? Think about that. But Adam and Eve decided they wanted to know evil. And they took of the fruit and they ate it. And from that time on, we have a nature that goes down. It's a nature that likes to look at darkness. It's a nature that likes to walk in sin, anger, hate, lust. Going downhill. And sometimes we get this prick in our conscience that says, Tim, you're not doing it. This side, pardon me. You're not doing it. You're a loser. You need to try to behave. And we go, okay, I'm going to try. Can't do it? Okay, this week, I'm going to behave. The whole week. I really am. As pastor said the other day, boy, this whole day I hadn't sinned. I've been an angel. But now it's time to get out of bed. <laughs> Isn't that right? We can't do it. We can't behave. We need a new life. But we got to lose the old one. We got to lose the old life. Something's got to happen to us. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. It's time we put our eyes on Jesus. It is so different when you come to Jesus. There's got to be a time in our life when we repent. What is repentance? Repentance is a change of mind. I used to think of all these other things. I used to walk in things that I thought was really good until they grabbed a hold of me and wouldn't let me go. It's called sin. Ooh, I like to go party, but I don't like the day after. 
All these things we used to do we thought was so good until it tears us down and destroys us. We need to come to a place where we change our mind and the way we think and we align our thoughts with God. We got to come to a place also where we change our direction. We used to walk away from God and God was always back there calling us. Hey, Tim, come over here. And we walked away from God. And we came to a place in our lives where we had to turn around and face God and change our direction. And we run to Jesus. And let me tell you something. When you run to Jesus, he puts his arms around you and loves you. He loves you. Change direction. And then we have to come to a place where we change our authority. What do I mean by that? We used to think we were our own boss. I do what I want to when I want to whenever I feel like it. And we thought we were our own boss. But the truth of the matter is, the devil was your boss. And anything he put out in front of you, you grabbed a hold of. Until it caught you and put you in chains. Because everything starts off fun. And then it becomes a chain around your neck. And it drags you down. There's got to be a point in your life, like there was in my life, where you surrender. A point in your life where you come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. And you know what happens? He changes our nature. Oh, before we were bent to sin, we enjoyed sinful things. We enjoyed for a little bit. Then we felt real terrible about it. But now, Jesus changed your life. The Bible says this, I'm going to come and I'm going to change your heart. It used to be a stony, stubborn heart. And I'm going to make it a heart of flesh. A heart that feels. A heart that loves to walk in my ways. And you know what happens when you're walking with Jesus? All of a sudden, there's an opportunity to sin, and you go. No, I don't want to do that. Jesus changed my heart. He changed my life. I don't want to walk in sin anymore. I don't want to walk in anger. I don't want to walk in all those things I used to walk in. Jesus, help me. 
I used to be a very angry boy. When I was growing up, I was angry. It all started with my brother. He was a big brother. How many of y'all had a big brother? Uh Uh-huh. Big brother. And he was always a bully to me. And I remember one day I decided I had enough of it. And in front of my mom, at the breakfast table, we knocked it out. And I punched him out. (laughs) My mom was really thrilled about it. Not. And I realized that if I got angry enough, I could get my way. It don't always work though. Anger. I used it many times. When somebody was doing something I didn't like, I'd get angry. I punched more than one guy. Got in fights. Some of y'all never done that, I know. Just first service. But anger, we explode just like that. If somebody pushed the wrong button. And I remember Jesus talking to me about it one day. After I'd come to him, I still got angry. And I remember him coming to me. And he comes to you in such a sweet way. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't criticize you. He just says, hey son, I want you to be more like me. Why don't we deal with your anger? And I said, well, I'm that way because of my brother. And he said, no, 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 not your brother's fault. Well, maybe it's my dad's fault. He took me to a place where I had to realize it's my fault. It's me. I decided to be angry. I decided to react. And then he said, son, why don't you let me deal with it? I don't know about you, But there's so many things in our lives we try to change on our own little effort. And we can't do it. We have to get down on our hands and knees and look up to heaven and say, Jesus, would you help me? I don't know if you know this, but in the Old Testament, you know the people of Israel, they got into trouble a lot. They got into trouble with the Philistines and the Parasites. That's an ugly, ugly nation, Parasites. And they they got into trouble with the Jebusites. All these people came against them. And every time they'd come against them and they had enough, they would cry out to God and say, God, send us somebody to help us. And God would raise up Gideon. Or God would raise up Samson. Or God would raise up Naphtali. And they would defend the people of Israel. Y'all remember that? I got news for you. God sent the champion of heaven 
His name is Jesus. And he is the champion of heaven. And let me tell you something. He already took the devil and kicked his teeth out. He may growl, but he can't bite. He already dealt with him. He is the conqueror. He is the one that can help you deal with sin. He's the one that can help you deal with your issues. He's that one that can help you overcome the things you're in addiction to. His name is Jesus. Point number three. Point one was choose. Point two was lose. Point three, ooze. Don't you like that? Choose, lose, ooze. What do I mean by ooze? Let's go to Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. Right there in chapter 3 where we're studying. Put on your new nature. Put on your new nature. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Ooh, isn't that good? The more you know Jesus the more you're going to be like him. Oh, good. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, it's even got me in there, barbaric, uncivilized, that's me, slave or free, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Choose, lose, ooze. What do I mean by ooze? You're putting on Jesus. I used to be an angry man. Now I'd put on tender-hearted mercy. Ooh, isn't that a good one? Tender-hearted mercy. I put on peace. I put on joy. It's all coming from Jesus because he lives in here. And not only does he live in here, he sent us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is the one that makes us holy. We can't make ourselves holy. It's got to be God in us. Our love changes.
What would y'all think if I had just gotten married with my little wife, Emita, Chiquita, and we come to the house for the first time, and of course you got to pick her up and carry her through the door, and I pick her up and I carry her through the door of the house, and there's this long hall as we come in, and on this hall, there's a bunch of doors, and as we're walking through the house, my new wife says, "Eh, eh, eh, excuse me, whose picture is that? on that door and I said oh that's my first girlfriend boy you should have seen her eyes she had the sweetest eyes you ever saw fact is if you knock on the door maybe she's in think about that we go down a little bit further down the hall and and she sees another picture and who's this oh that was my Second girlfriend, oh, could she kiss? Oh, I tell you, she could kiss. Now, what would my wife think about that? You know, sometimes we try to do that with God. All those things we have in our heart we used to like and love. All those things that we had in our heart that we thought was so good. Sometimes we think we can still keep them there and have God too. But we can't. We got to get rid of it. We got to lose it. We got to get it out. And instead, we got to replace it with God Himself. Jesus comes into our life and He tears down all those doors and He takes away all the ex loves of our life. And he becomes the love of our life. And he changes us from the inside out. Choose. God's given us an invitation today. Choose life. Choose life. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I would like the prayer team to please come forward. If there are any ushers or any of the prayer team that are here, if you'd please come forward. And if you would like to give your life to Jesus today, If you would like to give your life to God today. Or maybe there's some issues in your life that you haven't gotten out. That you need to get rid of. And God's convicting your heart right now. He's not condemning you. He's convicting you. And you want to deal with those issues in your life. I just ask you to come forward right now. And I ask that you would pray with one of these people here in the front and just let them know today I choose to give my life to Jesus today I choose to lose my life and to take your life 
I want to be changed today. I want the rest of us that are sitting here, just bow your heads and pray. And there's more of you that are sitting there in your chairs and you know God has convicted you about something you need to change. You haven't been able to change. But today is a day that you can change and you can come to Jesus and you can have him help you change those things in your life. As the worship team sings, I just ask you to come forward and ask Jesus to change your life today. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more